Blog Talk Radio. This is it, what? Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich, what? Bitchy keep on for sugar dime, can't quit, what? Now pop the cork and see the Vega and get lit, what? 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 Introducing Phantom of the dark Walk through my hazard With levitation From reefers Drenching deep As in these seven Showboating with rugas Flash vines Belafonte digger Let's get forward this birth As we confiscate your figures Jasmine over brown Levitating Jiki and I What's up, what's up, good evening, what is up, welcome to the clown time, actually this is, that's my first one, welcome to the clown hour in my podcast, I'm your host for most Scott Burks, I'm the creator of the sports blog called the clown times, you can find it at www.theclowntimes.net, that's clown spell of a K by the way, and you can also find me on Facebook, just go to the search window in the upper left hand corner. And type in the Clown Times, that's Clown Spare with K once again. You're able to find me there. Uh, lots to talk about uh, on this podcast, including the NBA playoffs, of course, going on right now. Juan LeBron, James score over 40 points right now on his way to another triple dub, uh, as well as, you know, discussing the other series that's been going on. And actually, there's going to be, uh, I think, uh, a couple more games tonight. Uh, that's, that's going to take place. We're going to talk about that as well. We're going to discuss the Sixers loss to the Miami Heat uh, and see if they're in trouble or not. Excuse me, as well as what in the world is going on with Kawhi Leonard in the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, that's a that's a second of the stuff. I mean, they're getting boat raced by now by right now by Golden State in their series and with the series shifting to San Antonio. And before I go on to the other topics uh, to be covered, quick. Shout out to Greg Popovich who lost his wife Aaron earlier tonight. Um, I mean, I, I hate, I, I don't want to know what it's like to lose a spouse, but uh, so we'll be thinking of him and praying for him. Please, please pray first up for Greg Popovich, who's by for my money the best coach in the NBA uh, right now, and <clears throat> has been for some time. We're going to get into Des Bryant's release. You know, pretty much not only if it was a good move or not, but why in the hell have you the Dallas Cowboys? Why in the hell would you wait so late? I mean, so late to make this transaction. You could have done it earlier, and not only could have given him a chance to catch on with the team, to free up enough cap space so that you could go after people, like other receivers that they missed on, such as like uh, Sammy Watkins and a few others. Uh, but anyway, we'll also get, get into what's a good fit for Dez. And last but not least, we'll talk about 2018 spring football. College football, folks, that's right. It's, right, it's not right around the corner per se, but it's percolating, you know, the offseason, both spring football and the NFL with the draft coming around the corner, I think, next week. Uh, but at any rate, we'll be talking spring football as well, pretty much storylines and teams to watch as well heading, heading to the season. Um, so basically, I normally do this with my co-pilot, Dwayne Nash, from the yard slash HBCU Sports Sports Blog. It wraps about all things HBCU sports as well as his, his talk show you know, on Blog Talk Radio called um, it's called Sleazy Radio. And speaking of which, here he is now, making his entrance, his grand entrance into the foyer. What's up, D-Nash? It's been a while. How you doing? Man, I'm doing fine. How about yourself, brother? I'm, I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. So let's just, just, just get to it, man. Let's talk NBA playoffs. Um 
first of all, I don't know about you, but this is the most exciting NBA playoffs in a in a good damn minute because it's pretty wide open. I know it's both both conferences are like top heavy, and I know that the East, the majority of the East, is pretty crappy at best, mediocre at best. But <laughs> you gotta give up for the excitement of both conferences, man. I mean, all these series, you know, Miami time, Miami time, Philly last night, the Wayne Way coming back from the dead. Uh, yeah, just beating the dog piss out of Cleveland the first in the first game. Right now, Cleveland's up by five. Right now in game two, you know, as well as um, oh six now. Okay, there you go. You know, as well as you know, Boston, the young pups in Boston doing their thing, man. I mean, that nasty crossover uh, that, that 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 brown kid put on Eric Bledsoe. Woo woo, <laughs> man! Oh, that was. Brutal, you know, to send it to what should have been a game-winning shot, but uh, but the, but but that but that Milton kid from Milwaukee hit an unbelievable heave to send it to overtime. But it's been a great play so far, man. But let's get into what do you think any the, any surprises or disappoint and or disappointments in your mind so far? Oh wow, you know, it, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to say if there's surprises, like you said. It's been relatively close, especially in the East, from spots three to yeah. to, to eight. Especially with teams six yep. through eight really jockeying to play teams one and two and attempting to avoid right. LeBron James for, of course, obvious reasons. Um, and also in the in the West, there's two games that separated teams seeded three through eight. So it's real yeah. difficult once you get outside of that one eight and 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 two seven matchup to say that anything right. will be a surprise. It's almost like anybody can beat anybody. But, you know, you also have sure. situations with Boston. As, as injury-riddled they've been, they ended the playoffs with, with, without both Kyrie and, of course, that tragic injury, Gordon Hayward in the beginning of the season. And then right. you have a situation with right. Toronto. They come into their series with Washington, being swept the last time they played Washington in the playoffs, and also entering this playoff 0-9 in game one. In their history, well, in in, in um, in, I guess it's in their history of playoffs, but um, it's, it's mm-hmm. like I said before, it's kind of hard to have surprises. But there were a couple of things that that did kind of stand out to me. First and foremost, of course, <laughs> New Orleans being up two uh, zero uh, over Portland. It's it's a surprise. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, but it's a surprise on paper because, of course, it's a six seed leading a three seed, but these teams split uh, during the regular season. But it's it's just the, the way that certain players have played within that series that makes it a little bit more surprise, and I'll kind of get to that. I'll get to that a little bit. Um, yep. But the biggest surprise to me so far was, of course, the two the Cleveland Cavaliers losing Game One, and it's a surprise. Once again, it's a four against a five seed, right? Right. It's relatively close, and you have a series where Cleveland comes into the playoffs actually leading the regular season series three games to one over Cleveland. But that was before – they played all their games before the trade deadline, uh, believe it or not. Right. But, um, like I said, Cleveland, King LeBron, never losing a, 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 a game one. It was, he's That's never amazing. lost a game one ever in his, in his playoff career. And what he's uh, mm-hmm. won 21 consecutive first-round games. So when you look at that record coming into the series, coming in against Indiana, you would have thought, like I would have thought, they would have just came in and do work. 
But they lost by what eighteen at yeah. home. So even beat the, the dog. I mean, even beat the dog piss out. It, it was just amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, you you, you, you look at that, and, and when I finally got a chance to turn on that game, it was like halfway mm-hmm. to a fourth, and I saw that score, and I'm like, this can't be right. This can't be right. right. This, this, they turn them <laughs> like this, and, and, and mm-hmm. the way that it just kept getting worse toward the end of the game, man. I understand why people would would would, would give up. You know, because it is what it is. You know, you go ahead, you chalk it up as a loss, and you hope that you go on the road and do like you've done in the regular season, which is beat Indiana on the road. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really don't know, man. I'm still kind of perplexed with that series. But the other uh, uh, two surprises real quick, uh, Bradley Beal has been looking horrible in this series against Toronto. He's, he's actually scoring nine points per game less than his regular season total. And he's actually shooting 10% less from three-point. Uh, Dane Lillard also scoring 10 points less than his regular season average and shooting 12 points, 12 percentage points less from the field in the regular <clears> season. <throat> and the biggest surprise yeah. for me is Drew Holiday. Yes, that Drew Holiday, that who's actually averaging ball. eight points more in the, in the um, yeah. playoffs. Yes, he's been balling out him and Rondo almost averaging the triple-double for New Orleans out there. They're, they're really giving that help out with uh, 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 to uh, uh, Davis. I was about to call him uh, Big right. Baby Davis. I don't know why. I'm talking about the wrong Davis. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, yes. Brown, man. They're they helping him out right now, man. And, and, and they're looking good without Boogie playing against uh, yeah. uh, uh, Portland right now. Dude, I didn't see New Orleans coming. No. They, the way they've been winning. The way they've been winning, they've been holding on to get the big lead and make a comeback. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. You know what I mean? It's it's like the whole thing is how they're playing with great confidence. And that speaks to the yeah. coaching job of, of, of Alvin Gentry. I mean, because remember when Big Cousin went down, when New Orleans was seemingly they were cruising, cruising mm-hmm. well along. And now it's like, ah, damn, this is not meant to be in New Orleans. <laughs> then all of a sudden – Look at like here we are, as they say, you know, the two up two nothing, and not even really getting threatened by Portland. They just they, I mean, the way I mean, Portland's a hard ass place to play at. I mean, yes, that crowd is. is amazing. The 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 the, 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 the 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 Rose Garden is beautiful. I mean, it's it's just and Dame, of course, Dame Lillard and, and C.J. Uh, McCollum, but the guards been out playing them. And, yes, they have. And, and, and you know, and again, Drew Holiday. Out playing uh, uh, Dame Dash. I mean, I'm not Dame Dash, but Dame Lillard. So I'm thinking about hip hop. Um, but nevertheless, the, the fact of the matter is, is this could very well be a sweep. And I thought it would be a sweep in the other direction. I mean, maybe mm. a five game series at the most. But man, New Orleans might just make big, like quick work of them. And one more quick shout out to another thing, team that it was surprising. By I should have known it shouldn't be, but so surprising. The way Boston's doing work against Milwaukee. I mean, can yeah. we can we just now admit, I've said this many times before, you've agreed with me many times before, but can we just finally finally just 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 give Brad Stevens his props. There you go. There the you way go. he's making a way out of nowhere, as we say in the black church in the South. I mean, a way <laughs> out of nowhere. Both Hey man, but both, but both, uh, um, 
both of you know, uh, of course, Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. uh, Gordon Hayward, of course, and and no Marcus Smart, your defensive mm-hmm. stopper, your heart and soul, and they're doing mm-hmm. work. Those young cats are doing work. Jalen Brown, I mean, you know that kid from Duke. I can't think of his name right now, and. They, I mean, they, they, they're just balling. They're not supposed to be balling like this. Not it's, at all. It's just amazing. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to see Brad Stevens work his magic. I mean, hell, again, I should have known. I should have known better. I thought the Milwaukee would beat him in six. Because I'm, I was thinking to myself at the time, how in the hell is Boston going to score their points? May we say more. <laughs> you know? Matter of fact, it's not just the fact that some, how is Boston going to score their points. They're actually yeah. second, you know, of all the teams in the playoffs right now in terms of points per game right now. So to do this yeah. without their superstars has been highly amazing. And the fact that they're playing the way that they've been playing against a team that a lot of a lot of other teams didn't really want to see in in, in the East and right. the Milwaukee Bucks and the Greek Freak, it has been phenomenal. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's only Game One, and they did win that game in overtime, right? Okay, right. I get it, but even still, this is not a game that I thought that go that that uh, Boston would have came out with a dub in. It's not, dude. The way, well, first of all, <clears throat> that that game was so exciting. Like Boston had a run, then Milwaukee responded with a big run of their own, and then that mm-hmm. crossover that Brown put on Eric Bledsoe to drain what should have been a game winning three. <laughs> Talk about being nutmeg and huckleberry. I mean, Bledsoe just got had. He got had. He, I mean, if someone put a Wikipedia page up and, uh, and updated it, he would have said that Brown was his father. He's the father of Eric Bledsoe or, or cause of death, crossover by Brown. Cause of seconds oh. in Boston Garden. It was just crazy. Oh. And then to have Middleton come down, actually the inbound the ball to Middleton, he just heaved it up with, what, half a second left and drained the three yeah. to send the overtime. It's just amazing. It's just, it's just amazing. But here's one big tidbit for the old schools out there. That shot by Middleton reminded me of Kareem. Granted, I, wanna, I, I was alive technically, but I was like maybe two years old. But in Boston Garden in the finals, when Milwaukee played Boston, uh, Kareem, then Lou Alcindor, heaved up a long hook shot to send the double overtime in which, mm. Boston, in which the Milwaukee won that game. This is like a game six, only to go back to game seven in Milwaukee and have Boston win it on the road. But yeah, that, that, but, but that just reminds me of one of the greatest moments in playoff history in Boston Garden between the same two teams, same two franchises. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just raving at the job that Brad Stevens is doing. And meanwhile, though, what the hell is going on in Milwaukee? All that talent. And I know they're half an intro coach right now. And when is Jabari Parker going to show the hell up? When is he going to come out and play and help out the I, re- I no idea. over those cats? What's going on yeah. with Snell? For that moment, what's for that man? What's going on with Bledsoe? I mean, those guys are not showing up in the, in the score, like like in the bus. they're not even showing up on the court. I mean, give the Greek well, freaks some help. Yes, yeah, Snell is not no showing one. up on the box score. Period. 
You're absolutely right. No. But the one thing, and I just I just happened to see it. Well, first and foremost, two corrections. One, it yeah. completely zoned out. Boston has won two games already. And two, Jalen Brown, the guy you have been talking about, is the guy from Duke. But the thing is, this, yeah. there's been balanced scoring um, out of out of Boston. Well, they have a situation where they um, almost have four guys averaging 20 points. This is Tim, this is the name. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they almost have four guys averaging 20 points uh, in those first two games already. Ridiculous. Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. How does that happen? You have four starters averaging almost – you, you <clears throat> might, as well, might as well give Marcus Morris 20. He's averaging 19 and a half in the two games. So, yeah, yeah you got four guys averaging uh, 20 points per – so far in these first two games in the playoffs. Once again, phenomenal job by both these young bucks in Boston and the coaching job uh, 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 by Bradley Stevens. No doubt, no doubt. And speaking of surprises, slash not disappointments per se, but kind of shockers, uh, the two teams we thought we were going to see in the NBA in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Cavs and the Sixers, they both are now – Going on the road in their respective series, tied one like tie tie one apiece with uh, Indiana and Miami respectively. I could yeah. probably see Indiana's case because again they've had that with Cleveland this year, but that was before the trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken. I think it mentioned that already. But the way Miami came out and did work, I mean they punched they punched Philadelphia in the mouth from the jump. And I don't think they ever trailed in that game, in game, game two. And, again, speaking of coaching jobs, got to give us the air exposure. That's why I was hesitant to pick Philly over Miami, even though Philly, on paper, is a much better team. Because mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade and some of those guys in Miami, including the coach staff, have been there and done that. They know exactly. what it is. They're on the road. They're underdogs. They're not going to just roll over and play dead. They're going to show the hell up, and they did in game two. And you know what? They were competitive in game one, but they were out of gas. So, and, and I know Cleveland won tonight. Obviously, they won by three, even though they were up big earlier, but, but in, 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 in uh, made a run. But, but basically, let this, uh, I'll get to Cleveland in the end of a minute, but let's, let's focus on Philly and Miami. Do you think okay. Philly is going to Miami tied one game apiece? I don't know if they're necessarily in trouble. The thing that I'm concerned about is, of course, what's going to happen with the play, especially of D-Wade and a lot of these guys who aren't necessarily used to playing in the playoffs. Um, even They may have little playoff experience, but it's not dynamic playoff mm-hmm. experience. And, of course, you really can't rest on D-Wade to play heavy minutes. You know, it has to be a situation right. where, you know, he played a whole lot of minutes in game two, so that means coming home for game three, unless he feels like he's up to it, I wouldn't want him to play heavy minutes in game three. You would have to look for their young guns uh, uh, to come through a lot better than what they did, especially in game two, man. <clears throat> um, especially the likes of, of, of Dragic and, 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 uh, and, and, um, and Winston. And especially uh, Kelly Olynyk, who had a fantastic playoffs last year, you would you would hope that he would be able to um, play a little bit better. Excuse me, uh, in this series mm-hmm. against Philadelphia. But one of the things Spolstra 
especially while LeBron was there, was highly underrated. A lot of yeah. people didn't, you know, with the exception of Pat, exactly, Pat Riley was, was the, the guy who, who actually felt, even with the pressure of, of, of fans and some media saying that Pat needs to come in and take over that spot from his poster, Pat said, you know what, no, I trust him. He's proved himself while LeBron was there, and actually he's been coaching that team relatively well, even without those, without both Boss and LeBron being there. They almost made the playoffs right. last year. They make it this year, and they come in as a sixth seed. So, yes, I, I, I give Spolster a lot of uh, props. <clears throat> My thing is, will they be able to keep up or keep pace with the young guns that are the Philadelphia 76ers? Um, and, and, and whether or not, you know, the likes of Ben Simmons and and, 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 and Markel Fultz will be able to continue to play well like this. But you, you also have J.J. Rennick, who, who has a, a ton of playoff experience. Um, and, God, right. the, um Iliosa, he also has some yeah. playoff experience. And um, Sarek has some playoff experience as yeah. well. So they have some guys that have playoff experience. It's all about taking that experience and, and, and combining that talent and youth together and being able to play through. I still see them being able to, to uh, get through this series um, uh, against Miami, but I'm thinking it may take six in order for them to do it, though. You know what? Playoffs are all about not only the experience, but coaching. And you see yeah. the difference. You know, they, you know, Philly, I mean, look, I understand Philly's coach. He comes from the Greg's Popovich School of Coaching, and I'm sure he's a great coach. He's showing his medal. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Spolstra, man, he's coaching circles around him. I mean, the fact that they're – I mean, I know they don't have Joel and B. We'll, we'll talk about him in a moment. But the fact that Miami has turned – that have made uh, Philly into a one-dimensional team. Philly has turned to a three-point shooting team. And the fact that they were hitting everything from all sides of the court in game one, you kind of figure that would slow down a bit in game two. And when yeah. it slows down, I mean, it really slowed down for Philly in game two. And they turned over the ball the way they did. I mean, Miami just punched them in the mouth. They basically said, okay, I'm, we're going to cover your shooters. Ben Simmons, you're going to have to beat us from the outside. We're not going to let you penetrate. We're going to pick you up at half court. I mean, beyond half court, rather. And you're going to – I mean, he still had a good game. But the fact of the matter is, is that the, the, the snipers weren't able to really step up because they were covered, you know, because, again, Miami checked them. They didn't leave them wide open. They all – all the shots, all Philly's three-point shots, I think, if I'm not mistaken, were contested, or mostly contested. And, again, so, that again, that, 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 that speaks to that. Could you imagine right quick, could you imagine – I, I hate playing what if games because that's what Skip Bayless and company always plays. But but what if Chris Bosh was still healthy? Think about that. <sighs> what if Chris Bosh with this squad were healthy? Still healthy. It would be, be, yeah. be very very interesting. As a matter of fact, I believe if and this is once again I'm with you. I don't like to play the what if game either. But yeah. Since we were doing it for this exercise, if he was healthy, I truly believe <laughs> that D. Wade would have never gone to Chicago. He was healthy. Right. If he was healthy, yeah. I believe that this team over the past couple of seasons would have entered the playoffs no less than a, than a, than a fifth seed. That's yeah. if this team was, was, was healthy 
get uh, a, a, a Chris Bosch in the squad. But you're absolutely correct. Um, Philly shot three for 30, or seven for 36 from three um, in, in game two with uh, Robert Clevenson shooting one for nine and also J.J. Rennett shooting four, one for seven. You can't have, you know, two of your guys shooting under 20% from three. Matter of fact, you had three right. of them shooting under 20% from three with one, two, three, four of them shooting under 25%. But that's the way that they play. As a matter of fact, that's the way that Toronto plays as well. But for whatever reason, right. well, not whatever reason, they've just been hot. And that's the reason why they've been capable of staying the top on Washington. But the Philly, we already know, it's been similar to the whole <clears throat> defense has collapsed. He kicks it out to the open man. It just happens to be that this was a night where, where those guys were cold. I would, uh, 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 Sark and, and, and Riddick to get a little bit better from three, but, um, yeah, they're going to have to get a lot better than what they shot in game two in order for them to um, to, to steal one in Miami. They, they can't have a three-point three right. night like they had before. Right. Exactly. So let's get like, like one more thing on on, on uh, Philly and Miami. Do you think Joel Embiid comes back for game three? No. I know he's listed officially as doubtful, but do you think he's coming back for game three or any time this series? You know what? If this series goes at least, well, it's already going to go five. If it goes six, right. he, might, he might be back for six. He might be back for six. I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? If, if I'm Embiid, I'm not rushing it yet. <clears throat> I understand they want to go ahead and get out this series as, as, as quickly as possible, but dude, don't don't rush back too quick, man. When, when you, you're, you, if I'm here, wait till game five, wait till game six, and then come back. And and, and at that point, yeah. they they probably would need you, um, in order to, to go ahead and finish the series out. But yeah, if they're capable of winning or, or stealing at least one out of out of Miami, I don't know if I'd come back for mm-hmm. this series. Well. Look, I, 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 that's valid. What you say is, is what you're saying is not wrong, and I understand that Philly's playing it close because look, he only played like 32 games total the last like the, the two seasons before, mm-hmm. while playing 60 some games this season, which is a huge jump, obviously, from the average of what yeah. 15 games per season. But I understand that Philly wants to protect their investment and not risk at all. Instead of like, because they're thinking long term, they're thinking 10 years down the line instead of just like a few games, right? Mm-hmm. Because when Jordan Embiid is right, I don't, there's, no, there's no big man who could check him. I'm dead no. serious with that. I'm not trying to, I'm not speaking out of hyperbole. I've seen this brother play, and I've seen many other big men in the league play. And no matter how talented those other big men are, you know, the, the Carl Anthony Towns, the Anthony Davis, the DeMarcus Cousins, uh, and the like, no one, and I mean no one, could check Joel Embiid. No, there's no answer for him. I mean, dude could put the ball on the ground, could shoot the three, mm-hmm. could go around you, could post your ass up, down low, could hit free throws. There's no answer to this kid. There's no answer to Joel Embiid. No one has an answer for him. So I understand if they want to protect the investment, but if I'm Embiid and I'm thinking about the whole totality of it, Look, a face injury, even though he injured the same eye socket as he did in college, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, we had to wear goggles in college. The whole thing is it's, a face injury is different from a leg injury. 
He does have a mask. He has donned a mask. And I think, you know, if they go down 2-1 against Miami, he has to come back. I think he's going to be burning to want to come back. Because, again, like we just both said, alluded to, there's no answer. Miami doesn't have an answer for him. Definitely doesn't have have an answer for him. Come on. I mean, and, you know, I know Miami plays tough and rough and questionably rough, you know, between Olenek and and, 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 and um, Hassan Whiteside's flailing elbows and stuff, but still, dude has a mask. He's not uh-huh. going there, you know, cold turkey, so to speak. So, and I think he just cleared concussion protocol. So, really, is he, he, he like he can play once he gets his, gets his win back because he's been off what for two, three weeks. So it's been about you know, two, three. It's been about three weeks, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is this: I won't come back for game three necessarily. But if Philly goes down 2-1 on the road at Miami, with game four still in Miami's house, I'm playing him. And, and, and if I'm in bead, I want to get my ass out there. Put the mask yeah. on, put on the cape, do your thing. Because, again, no one can check him. Uh, real quick, let's, let's Especially not White Side and most definitely not uh, Olympic. No, 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 no one in the NBA could check him. And especially no one in Miami could check him, too. Let's no. just be real. So, as far as the Cavs, excuse me, and, and Indiana Pacers, before I get uh-huh. into the series, man, right quick, yeah, but how about Victor Oladipo? Dude could straight – I knew dude has a lot of talent. I know dude probably, you know, needs to work a little hard to get his, his weight down and everything. But this cat is unstoppable. He wrecked shot in game one, man. I mean, man. <laughs> Dude just blown. And you know what's funny about that? And I'm guilty of this as well. Remember when that trade went down between um, OKC, who's up by five right now, the Utah Jazz, and uh, Indiana? And, Uh you know, people thought that the Pacers got fleeced. Remember that? Remember all that bull crap about that? There was some. And I I have a reason why, but go ahead. Yeah, well, I'll I'll let you get into that because I know you have some thoughts on that, but Man, the, the players that the Pacers acquired, Oladipo mm-hmm. and company, and I think a couple other guys, who I thought were Tamil cans, <laughs> they are balling, man. They, I mean, it speaks to the credit of, it speaks to the to to like like uh, to the to to to, uh, to the coach of uh, Acumen rather of uh, Nate McMillan. The dude could fly out coach. There's another guy who's an underrated coach, but exactly. but basically Oladipo uh, will finish with 22 points. You know, nine of eighteen shooting, which is not bad at all. Fifty percent shooting. Uh, he wasn't probably wasn't as aggressive. He wasn't game one, but he still got his points with good shooting. But and and it took a Herculean effort for LeBron James. Well, he scored what forty five, no, forty six points, twelve rebounds, five assists, and with everybody else was pretty much like putrid on, on Cleveland. So he, he was pretty much like Jesus in, in, in basketball shoes tonight. But. I'm telling you, man, if I'm Cleveland, I'm still concerned because you're going to be coming back to Indianapolis. And, you know, I know Indianapolis is a short drive away from Cleveland, a shorter drive away from here. Cincinnati is only on a half up, up to the northwest. But Indiana, man, is scary. They are not afraid yes. of Cleveland. And they are balling, balling, balling. I will say this. Indiana is playing this series the right the right way. Okay. You go ahead, you let LeBron be LeBron. 
the thing is, you take everybody else out of the game, which is highly possible. We've seen it before. We yeah. know what can happen. And with LeBron having a huge night tonight, they only won by three. So without even necessarily looking at any stats as of right now, my guess is if someone or any and I mean this is gonna sound like duh no ish Sherlock, but if anybody <laughs> in Indiana plays a little bit better, like I said before, don't fault me because I'm just starting to look at the stat lines now. But if anybody uh, uh, for for Indiana can just play a little bit better, then of course this wouldn't be the situation. Matter of fact, let me see who who, who would be the dump in, in, in this situation for? You know, I'm looking at this. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. See, well, actually, on the depot. Although Depot had a well, he shot fifty percent, but he shot two yeah. from eight from the from the three. So there you go. Right. You you go ahead, you hit at least one more of those. It's at least a game that's under overtime. So somebody is going to have to go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I guess you could say that 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 Miles Turner had a decent night with eighteen points. Darren Collison had sixteen. I'm looking Thaddeus Young. You may want to go ahead and lean on Thaddeus Young and say, hey, bro, mm-hmm. don't get daddy and shot four for six. So, oh, man. Mm. Well, I, I, I guess you go ahead. If, if you, yeah, everybody, if you look at the before, you look at the step line just real quick, Oladipo yeah. is the one thing that, that is the one guy that stands out when you're like, you know what, Oladipo, it's a bonus. Those are the two guys that you look at their step line and you're like, you know what, if I could get at least one more bucket out of you, it will be a different night tonight. Right. So right. It, 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 we, we can expect that to happen when they go back to the crib. But, yeah, like you said, mm. you, there were people who thought that Indiana got fleeced in that deal, but Indiana gets a bonus who comes off the bench as, as big man help, and you get Oladipo. Right. Now, it, it was depending upon what Oladipo they were going to get. Thankfully, they didn't get what they thought. Well, they didn't get the, the OKC Oladipo. From last year, yeah, they're getting the Orlando Oladipo, which was almost a, was actually which was an All Star. So you, you you get that player right. in Indiana with some support, which they have. And this is what you get. You get you a playoff team and a team that will compete against LeBron and the Cavs. So, and like I said, if 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 they can come away. Winning at least two in Indiana, they should be fine. They be in. No, I'm sorry. Two, it's, it's two. It's two one one, right? Right. It's one one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if 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 they can go ahead, they'll have to take at least two in order to to, to really put Cleveland on the ropes. I don't know if that's necessarily possible because LeBron is LeBron, but expect these mm-hmm. games to all be close. I don't. I don't know if we're going to get a blowout. By Cleveland going into <clears throat> Indiana, mm. Mm. but of course, as well, soon as I say that, Cleveland, it happens in Game Three. Watch. <laughs> I know, right? But I, look, Cleveland has to work has to work hard for him. Period. Mm-hmm. In discussion. I mean, you're going against again a hot, red hot with the old depot, a uh, Lance Stevenson who who's known to get other LeBron skin. who's going to be excited. Mm-hmm. You know, the rest of the guys, Collison. And the company that is young, that would be ready for. 
They're not afraid of Cleveland, man. Uh, they won no. three or four against the regular season, three three trade deadline, but still, they're not afraid of these guys. And if and, and if LeBron didn't have a Jesus Christ like effort, I keep invoking that phrase. They're down two zero. They're down zero two. Going back to coming back to Indianapolis, right up the road from from where I live. I mean, it's just it's. I mean, it's going to be serious to watch. It's it's real, Cleveland Cavs fans. It's real. And, yeah, it is. You know, Cleveland better buckle up because Indiana's going to that crowd and. And Mark's, you know, that crowd in Casico Fieldhouse is going to be rocking and rolling, bro. I've been to that place to last watch them last year against Cleveland. And it's going to be rocking and rolling, man. It really is going to be rocking and rolling. So it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. and if, kind of scary and if if it's going to be fun for the rest of us. Yeah, well, but if Bagdanovich, that's another dude. If he can yeah. play like playoff, well, I'm sorry, if he can play like uh, regular season, Brian. Because this is the same thing I got fleeced with last year. Bogdanovich, when he came yeah. to D.C. last year from Brooklyn, looked phenomenal during the regular season. Got to the playoffs and stuck it up. He's doing the same thing now. Where he was averaging 15 points a game in the regular season, only hit him up for eight. I'm going to need uh, uh, double Bs to go ahead and hit me up with at least 12 in this series to help keep. Uh, uh, Indiana competitive or no, to mm-hmm. help them get over this hump in this series. They're going right. to be competitive, but they're going to need uh, uh, at least another bucket or two from him as well to, to help them win these games. Well, last but not least on the seven NBA playoffs, and again, this is exciting as hell. This is exciting playoffs, man. It's really I'm really I'm really pumped. Excitement is around. Yeah. There's no, it's not a foregone conclusion like it was last year when we, everyone and Mama knew that Cleveland and Golden State. We're gonna meet up in the finals because just both of them were better and much better than everybody else. But what's going on in San Antonio, man? I mean, San Antonio. I mean, I, I mentioned at the, at the start of the show first that you know, prayers up for Grandpa Vich. He lost his wife, yes. Aaron, mm-hmm. earlier this evening. I, I hate. I don't want to even imagine how it's like to be, to lose a spouse that you've been married no. to for so long and share so many memories with. So God bless him. Prayers, to, prayers up for him and his family. Um, mm-hmm. But they're not looking good at all. And I know no. they don't have Kawhi Leonard, and we're going to ask about that, that that clown in a minute. But the way San Antonio came out swinging last night, you figure, well, shoot, they can make this a series. But in spite of them playing their best ball for most of the game last night, they still got both raced in the second half. They still got both raced late in the game. And – this leads me to think this is going. This has sweep written all over it, and that's unfortunate because I think Greg Popovich one of the best is the best coach in the league, and it's too bad because he's he's short-handed. No Tony Parker, no Kawhi, and just doing it as just just by piecing up scraps of paper together, if you will, with paper mache <laughs> and gluing them together. But it's just a, a weak straw man at best, and and. Golden State's going to probably blow their doors off the next two games. It's really unfortunate. Yes, it is. And, and I, I hate to see it from this organization, the way that they've been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, my God, man. Um, you know, this, this, this team has been averaging under 100 points uh, per in these first two games in the, in the, um, in the series. Um, yep. 
But yeah, like you said, they're, they're missing a lot of key pieces. But excuse me, um, they, they've gotten better play out of uh, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, but that's of course because Kawhi's not there, and you would have expected. Yeah. And, and I guess it's because he's on the decline of his career right now. Rudy Gay to play a little bit better than what he is, yeah. but he's right. not. So, yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be a sweep for for um, for Pop Man, and and man, it, it's it's going to be interesting because his his legacy isn't you know up for debate because it is what it is, right? It just happens to right. be that you know it's his time. His talent has gotten old. And the, the, right. the guys that they brought in to help replace that talent, either one, are playing up to to what they, what we we're used to seeing from them. Um, and I'm paging Lamarcus Aldridge and Rudy Gay, or two, don't want to play for this organization. And yes, I'm talking about you, Kawhi Leonard. So yeah. it's unfortunate, and, and it's it's gonna it's gonna. I, I, I'm I'm wondering who's gonna be willing to go to San Antonio and play for Pop now. Because, of course, San Antonio isn't necessarily a sexy city, even though it's right. a well-run organization, and they have a, a, a fantastic coach uh, coaching the squad. You know, I, I look at San Antonio as the, and I said this before, they're the New England Patriots of the, uh, of the NBA. They, they're mm-hmm. always in the mix. They have been for the past 20-some-odd years. And, you know, they've won five titles. Arguably should have won six because, you know, it went for that Ray Allen That's shot oh. <laughs> oh. against, against, you know, for Miami way back when. It would have been six. But, mm-hmm. but be that as it may, it was like a time where it was always either San Antonio or the Lakers or even the Mavericks for a short period mm-hmm. of time appearing in the NBA Finals before Golden State came, like, came on uh, – came onto the scene. For years, several years in the Western Conference, it's been usually out of San Antonio or the Lakers getting to the mm-hmm. finals. And to see all that come to it, the, the, end, the, end, the end of the road is right in front of us, folks. It's really staring Spurs fans right in the face have been for quite for probably the last couple of seasons, especially with Kawhi, I think that was the way he has. It's just sad. I mean, I mean, Rome, Rome didn't didn't last long. Rome fell too, and you know, just like the Patriots, look like their Rome was about to fall pretty soon. And in, in the NFL, San Antonio is on the way down, and it's it's not pretty. But right quick, what's going on, Kawhi? Why does he not want to play for such a well-run organization? What's what what's I, I know he wants to make sure he's fully healed, but doctors said he's good. Other people say he's good. I mean, I know he played three on three at practice against like the Camel Boys and whatnot, not going well like full throttle. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 even left his teammates perplexed. You know that team meeting where they were like, "Dude, what's going on with you?" I mean, this is the same organization who's so patient, who's not be patient with their players, resting their players. Giving them like strength, you know, just 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 not running them to the ground. Why would he want to leave that? What's what's going on with Kawhi? You know what? I I, I really don't know. I I wish I knew, because if I did, man, I 
<laughs> I, I didn't let the world know. You're right. It's, he's absolutely quiet. The organization's mm-hmm. quiet, but I'm guessing they're quiet because they don't know, which is weird. Because um, you would expect, uh, uh, especially the best player on your team, within that organization, the way that it's perceived to be ran, you know, you would expect to communicate, the last communication to be a lot better than what it is. And right. for it not to be, and, and, and we've been sitting here looking like, yo, is he coming back? He's not coming back? Wow. And if he's in a Spurs uniform come October of 2018, I'm going to be highly shocked. But you're right. Me too. If you look at this team, this organization, basically you can go to sleep in October, November of any year dating back to 1993 and wake up in, say, March, April, and be like, hmm, did the Spurs win 60% of their games? Oh, they did? Oh, okay, cool. It's only, it, it hasn't happened only two times since 1993 94, when they've won less than 60% of their games. And one of those times, it was because David Robinson was hurt. So, right. it's just insane to, to see this happen to this organization, man. But, um, my God, man. Does he want to go home that bad? Does Kawhi really want to go it's home crazy. that bad? Is, is that what it is? Or, I mean, or does why? he believe? Or, 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 or does he believe? Like, like I'm starting to think that nobody wants to come to San Antonio. People want to start going. Well, God, I, I was about to say to, to these big name main cities, but then they're, they're not going to New York. They're not necessarily going to Chicago either. It, it, it right. has to be something about where there's a bunch of other talent. It, 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 I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to explain uh, 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 these guys as free agents nowadays. I, because you would expect Texas or you would expect San Antonio to be a destination. Houston's a destination. Why? I mean, they got talent there, but at the same time, you don't pay state taxes in the state of Texas. Not so I would expect... To, you know, I would expect somebody to take advantage of that in San Antonio too, but it's not happening. So I, 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 I can't call it. I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. It's gonna be interesting to see. I, I don't freaking know what's going on, but whatever happens, happens. I'm glad I'm not in the organization have to deal with that headache. But we'll see. Speaking yeah. of headache, how'd you like that segue, bro? Yes, oh, fantastic headache. Yes, Brian. Yes. Got- yeah, Death Bar got fired last week. I know that since this show is only once a week, he got fired at the end of the week, so it did, obviously I didn't get the time on it until the night. But this is this is couple this is a couple of angles here. Mm-hmm. First, of course, his decline in health and productivity wasn't worth his, his yapping self, his trouble. Um, yeah. you know, he's getting paid what fourteen, fifteen mil. His mm-hmm. play has dropped off precipitously. Uh, you know mm-hmm. that you know that year where he had what, like, fourteen hundred yards and several touchdown catches, and was legitimately like like being like perceived as a top the top receiver in the NFL. I mean, yeah, it, it, got, I mean, it was legit. And he proved it. I mean, but all of a sudden he just fell off. I know that. Uh, you know, he has, you know, his injuries and whatnot, but 
I mean, man, I mean, he just fell off the wagon. I mean, look at the ever since 2014, that, that season, he had 88 receptions, like his jersey number, for 1,320 yards, 16 touchdowns. That mm-hmm. got that fat contract. Since 2014, here are his numbers. He got hurt in 2015, the following year, and only 31, played only nine games, 31 receptions, 41 yards, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But the sad part comes in 2016 and 2017. He played 13 games in 2016, had 50 receptions for 796 yards, eight touchdowns. And last year he had 69 receptions for 838 yards and six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. $14 million doesn't cut it. That doesn't cut no. a $14 million contract. I don't care who you are. And I know that he he and that he and Dak that's that Dak Prescott try to get on the same page but to really make it happen. Uh, you know, but basically Dez has been a three route guy. You know, he like he wants to go, he wants to end and wants and out. That's all he wants. And, you know, at this point in his career he probably would be better served as a slot, but his ego won't allow him to move to the slot. So basically that's led him to be fired. But what I'm asking Dallas and granted, look, I think you know, I you know, you know that that I hate Dallas. I know that you hate Dallas. And no, you know, the fact of the matter is, they they just amuse the hell out of me because they the way they do Jerry Jones chooses to do business as the chairman manager slash owner. It's all about headlines with him. It's all about eyeballs with him. It's not necessarily about the, what, what, what's what's like like uh, what's for the good of the team, long term. Why the hell did he wait? I mean, it seems like to me that they were wanting to release him all along. Since almost since season's end. Why mm-hmm. wait up until the draft to fire him? Why 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 wait so long to the point where he, he couldn't excuse afford a better option than a wide receiver? I mean, they made a, a big time push at Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. But but since but since Des Brown was still on the roster Tying up that sixty million dollar cap hit, the cap you know the tying up sixty million dollars in cap dollars, they weren't able to afford semi uh, semi Watkins. They let him go to Kansas City. They they yeah. couldn't afford other wide receivers that were on the free agent market that were snatched up. So basically now, since they fired this Bryant, who the hell is going to catch the ball for him? I mean they let the other speedy receiver go. You know that to me was a better option than Des Bryant. We had a report with that with that Prescott. Who, who? I mean, hell, I think you and I could cover their their wide receivers now. That's how bad the wide receivers are. I mean, Jason Witten can't can't out can't outrun my dad these days. I mean, who the hell is going to get separation with Dak Prescott to get the football? I mean, they better hope and pray that um, that Ezekiel Elliott is back in the saddle and motivated to stay as healthy. Because man, mm-hmm. it's it's easy. It's going to be easy to, to defend Dallas on offense. Just keep just, just you know just, just just keep Elliott in check. Keep an eye on Dak as a spy because he's a threat to us sometimes. And don't and just press their wide receivers and tight ends. That's all you got to do because no one's outrunning them. They're not outrunning anybody. They're not getting separation for anybody. So basically, no. they were probably best interest to keep that. Second production and all, because at least it was a semblance of a threat. Even though it was dropping passes left and right and being a bad 
now I won't say bad team, but just 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 being a distraction on the sidelines for that way, he was still the best option of wide receiver. And, they, and everybody, the mama knows that that was going to go for wide receiver in the draft now, but why not do this shit earlier and wait instead of waiting until now and miss out all the better receivers and be essentially stuck at square one? For two reasons. Either they're dummies or they're jerks. Now, I, 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 I have point. to preface that statement by saying Stephen Jones let us know last year that they were looking to cut Dak. Well, it's not Dak. I'm sorry, Dak. Yeah. And I guess yeah. no one really believed it to be true because he knew then that he was going to be a, a huge cap casualty, and, and, and especially if he stayed on the roster. Well, right. they, they were going to have 14, 15 million, like you said. So Steven said, you know what, if we can't rework anything, we got to let him go. Now, you either be a, a dummy and, and, and hold on to him and release him now. Meaning, like you said, you can't sign another receiver to potentially replace him yeah. at that cost. Or maybe you don't want to necessarily you, – you, you probably say it, but you don't necessarily want to sign another receiver at that cost. You probably want to bring in lesser well, – well, I should say I should say lesser, but younger, talented receivers that come in at a lower mm-hmm. price tag than that to probably replace mm-hmm. them, and maybe not one guy, but a couple of guys to do that, which I could see a smart person doing. But you could either be, like I said, either be a dummy in that situation or be a jerk. Because like you said, there's a lot of money thrown at Sammy Watkins and other receivers in the beginning of free agency because everybody was in dire need and really, right. really, really wanted to get a quality receiver. Even uh, uh, Dez would have been a huge money target. Matter of fact, I'm not going to say I would have taken Dez over Sammy. And, and even though mm-hmm. Dez has had issues over the past couple of seasons with separation, he's caught a lot of, you know, uh, uh, a lot of a lot jump of balls. balls with the, a lot of jump balls with defenders right up on him. And and I don't necessarily want to blame that all on him. You can also put part of that on 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 Dax because, of course, Dax ain't Bobo. It's, and, and as I'm referring to arm strength and being able to throw the deep ball, we've seen that over the past few yeah. seasons that Dax can't throw the deep ball like, like uh, Tony. And, and, and truth right. be said, Tony was getting better in terms of uh, 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 lowering his interceptions. But of course, Dak was a better. Uh, 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 he's more what I'm looking for here. He was more efficient, and he was a better uh, 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 ball control QB. So, yeah, with, with that true. being said, it, it makes it a little bit harder for Dennis to have better numbers than what he's had over the past couple of seasons. So, of course, you look at his numbers, you're gonna be like, okay, he, he's not as good as he once was. But I'm thinking if you can get him with a QB that can throw the deep ball, he's not going to have the numbers like he had from 2012 to 2014, but they're going to be a lot closer to that than what they've looked like over the past two seasons. Well, you mentioned that jerk philosophy with the Cowboys. Part of me thought that 
they probably didn't want him to catch on with another team. Just mm-hmm. wanted to stick it to him. Not to say that yeah. he'll come back to he'll come back to hurt them, but it's a stick it to him because they wanted to get rid of this young brother for a long time. What it sounds like. And, you know, with his decline in production the last three seasons, the first being reason for injury. But I, I just I just thought that that wasn't right to do him like that. Again, I hate Dallas. I, I mean, I could give a damn about what they do. I thought that the way they handled this was hilariously bad. But the fact of the matter is, is that not only could he have caught on with team, but they would have gotten that, a good wide receiver early in free agency. And now – I don't know anyone's going to – I mean, you know, well, let's just get to it. I think there's still a spot for Dak, for, for Daz, rather, in the league. Mm-hmm. I can name a few spots. So can the I. first one, I think, if, if the money is right, is Baltimore. I think Baltimore would love to have Daz on that squad. That, you know, don't you mm. think that would help a guy like a deep ball thrower when throws the prettiest deep ball in the game, a Joe Flacco? Don't you think he would love that? Just tell that, that it, yes. just run your ass down the field. Run your ass down the field. And let me throw this deep ball to you, sweet deep ball to you, back short of fame. Money. Yeah, don't you think that the recently signed um, uh, Michael Crabtree would love that, the opposite of of that, of, of death? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. word out on the street is, is that Crabtree's actively recruiting him, recruiting Daz right now. So mm-hmm. that would be a good combination if they're supposed to stay healthy and and a motivated Dez, woo, he's a he's a hard worker. I know he gets into a lot of trouble, a lot of it due to his own fault. But a motivated Dez in a place like Baltimore, New Orleans, all to your hats, New England. Don't you think he'll love the rush of chance player Tom Brady? Don't you think Tom Brady they will love to be able to throw to throw the ball down the field when he ever is in, in trouble and have Dad, Dad, just go for a jump ball over receiver. I mean, Dad's a six three, and two twenty, mm-hmm. maybe more yeah. so than that, and just tough, physical. Again, when he's healthy, and when he's motivated, he's scary. He's very scary, and I think you would get that. But maybe Arizona. But I think the best choice is the best landing spots for Dad if the money's right. Again, if the money's right. You know, when the salary mm-hmm. cap and everything is funny, makes it funny like that, would be in this order. Baltimore, New Orleans, New England, and Carolina. Those are my top mm. four destinations for this. Mm. Well, I actually have six destinations, and I'm going to go okay. from best to worst. Okay. Number one option, because the thing is, he wants to stay in the division. I don't know if that's going to happen. Now, I don't think it's going to happen because of the personnel and whatnot, but go ahead. Well, not just that, you know, the money. It, it, that's going to be another thing. I'm right. thinking, even though, first and foremost, let me start with, 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 with the, the skins. Statistically, he would be the best receiver on the skins team based on last year's stats if he was to come in right now. Sure. Which is sad sure. based on the numbers that you've already given out. But – I don't know if they're going to be willing. See, everybody's always saying the skins are always known for throwing around money. They haven't done that in years. And they only do that on guys that are young and talented. Mm-hmm. This is, talent is in question right now solely based on his numbers. So I don't know if they would throw right. that type of dough at him. 
So, but, right. and he wants to stay in New York, and I don't know what the Giants are actually doing as of right now. You know, had they, if they would have kept Jason Pierre-Paul, if they would have, if they're looking at keeping Odell, I would think that they were looking to make the playoffs. I don't know now. They're talking about this. May or may not be on the squad. JPP is now gone. They haven't resigned certain guys. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're about to rebuild. They're a mess. Giants. You know, maybe they are going to restock. Who knows? So what happens at the draft will be a telling tale on what the Giants are going to do. So I don't, I'm not, I don't have the Giants on my list either. I don't think that Philly puts the money out to get them either. But here are the teams I have him potentially going to. San Fran, they have the money. Mm. You put him opposite of uh, 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 Pierre, uh, uh, Pierre Garçon and uh, 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 Goodwin in the Shanahan offense with Jimmy G and the money that they've already spent on Jimmy G. And they, like I said before, they got go left. That offense mm-hmm. could go, go, go. Yes. Yes. Number two on my list, yes. potentially Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers can't throw the deep ball to yes. Jordy Nelson. It's it's a right. stable organ. Well, it's not as stable as it once was, and the reason why I say that is because you don't fire your quarterback's coach and let your number one receiver go without talking to your 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 star player, and that's exactly what's going on in Green now Bay. Now you got to put him pay cut even. Exactly. So it, it, it's weird that that happened. But you throw him in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, it would work. Uh, like you said, New England, you put him out there in that organization, you know Belichick don't play. Right. Uh, uh, get right or get out. Right. Have him playing with Tom. Have another jump ball uh, receiver out there with Gronk. There you go. Especially with them uh, trading away Brandon Cook. So you, you have a, re- a receiver to replace him. Another team on my list, and this is if they have the money to do so. To help out a young QB and he can stay in state, he go to Houston. Mm. He will watch them. Be opposite wow. Hopkins. I don't know if I necessarily would say he'd be a mentor to Hopkins, but have him with Hopkins and the other will. young receiver that they have up there. No, he won't. Yeah. He won't. And, and, and I don't think he will. But, that's, that's the wrong brother. Next. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I'm just saying, you know, it's a possibility. And last on my list, and the reason why I have them last, is because it would be a battle of egos all day long, and this is the Carolina Panthers. It would be an interesting dynamic to have both Cam and Dez on the same team offensively to give them another threat, to give them a jump ball threat, especially with him losing Benjamin a couple of uh, seasons ago, right? To replace him and to help out Olsen, but to have those two divas on the same squad would be musty mm. TV on a weekly yeah. basis. To see them arguing <laughs> about passes not being thrown or passes being thrown and not being caught, ah! But I don't know if that organization. Is is ready and or willing to bring that in and, and had that much of a mess. That's why I have them at the bottom of my uh, five team list. Oh six. And let me add number six. Number six being Arizona. Yeah, six, yeah. I forgot about that because they need someone opposite. They've been looking for someone to play opposite of 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 uh, 
uh, uh, uh, uh, uh, Larry Fitzgerald for years. And this is his last year right. on that deal. So this would be a way to bring in a, a, a veteran, a known commodity, to play with the QB. They got Bradford, right, uh, uh, at yeah. the QB signing? To have him play with Bradford and, and Fitzgerald with a healthy, healthy David Johnson, that offense potentially turns around and 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 and, and boost the uh, the play of of that team, which is going to be in a very competitive uh, NFC West. Very competitive, very competitive. Got competitive overnight after last season. Very competitive with the Rams yeah. improving for the Niners. I mean, credit uh-huh. kudos to Shanahan and John Lynch. First time GM John Lynch worked with Magic. And Seattle, meanwhile, they're on the way down. But that's not a here nor there. I want to go back to the Panthers right quick. Okay. That reminded me of the dynamic between Cam and Steve Smith. Now, Steve Smith was the veteran. Steve Smith, mm-hmm. Steve Smith was the icon. Steve Smith mm-hmm. also is about that life and don't take no mess. Now, yeah. I, I don't think that Steve Smith is a diva. I think, he's a, I think he does have a temper. I think it does work mm-hmm. hot a lot, and I think he has a high intensity, but I don't think he was ever a diva per se. I just think he just ran hot, and it's about yeah. that life. I, I think that what Cam, we call Cam a diva, which is pretty, from what I've read and seen, accurate. Um, <laughs> I think that may have gotten on Steve Smith's nerves after a while, and Steve Smith was the voice of the locker room, and the team thought that Cam wouldn't shine as long as he remained in Steve Smith's shadow. Now, both of them appear to be on very good terms. Mm-hmm. And Cam actually brought us a chance to play with Steve Smith. And Steve Smith had a lot of great things to say about Cam Newton, then and now. But I just thought that both of those guys, Steve Smith does have an ego. He's not a demon, but he does have an ego because he's one of the best wide receivers to play this game. He's put mm-hmm. the time and the work. And seeing Cam do his thing probably didn't sit well with him too much. So I understand why you said that <laughs> that having Dez and Cam on the same squad in the same locker room would be quite the combustible experiment. And I don't think more than doing than that, I don't think that Greg Olson would take any of that mess. I mean, he and mm. Cam were boys. And I think that if he saw Des Gow online, Olsen would have a lot to say. And he has a lot of juice in that locker room to back up what he has to say. So it could be a potentially combustible experiment in one, more, more than one way. You know what I'm saying? More ways than one. I just think on paper, it will help the Panthers a lot on offense. Give him some, put someone opposite of Darren Funches. And the other wide receiver in the slot, I mean, that will, that will, I mean, the Funches and them would command single coverage. I mean, it will, it will help them a lot. It will help out uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, mm-hmm. in that running game because you have to cover for him. You have to, you have to check death. You can't play, you, you, I mean, you can't, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you can't just put the extra guy in the box. Because none of the Panthers receivers can run by him. Maybe Funches can, but that's about it. But um, I just think that it would be a good experiment. And, and I think New Orleans – I didn't mention New Orleans. I think I may have mentioned New Orleans. But um, yeah. 
I think New Orleans would be a good spot for him as well because could you imagine him as playing in the Dome Stadium with Drew Brees, coached by Sean Payton, in that offense, and they got money to spend. They got mm-hmm. money to spend. They they could actually afford it. And I, I, I that would be even better. That would be even better fit for that, in my opinion. But yeah, I, I, I mean, but it remains to be seen. I mean, probably no one's gonna make a move there after the draft. But yeah, yeah that's that's that, that's a, that's a great. I think that'd be a better fit. New Orleans would. I think New Orleans or, or New England would be a a great fit in terms of that. But I think if the money's right, I think Baltimore would be because again, Joe Flacco's deep ball. And a motivated dance by to play alongside another motivated receiver and Michael Crabtree. Mm-hmm. It'd be fireworks. It'd be fireworks. Well, one last thing we'll get you out, out on this, brother. Spring football is here. Woohoo! Ah. College football is around the corner. I know it's not around the corner per se, because the season will start until, say, September. <laughs> it won't be <laughs> the way. But the fact of the matter is, it's spring football. We're talking about college football again. I love college football. God bless college football. I never thought I'd see the day where I hear myself say, I love college football. That's much not better than the NFL. Yes, I did say that out loud. I can't believe I said it out, <laughs> out loud, but that's how I feel. Lots of storylines, and we'll wrap, wrap, wrap it up on this, man. I, I watched the Clemson spring game. I saw part mm. of Florida State and read about Florida State spring game. You know we're okay. both ACC guys. So, yeah. I like to say I'm, I'm thinking Clemson. I think Clemson's going to be still be an elite team. I love the backup quarterback there, the the freshman quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be a stud. He's six foot seven. He's wiry, but he's going to put on muscle doing doing the uh, weight weight training program that Clemson has. But dude was balling out. Had a pretty deep ball in the second or third second series of the game, of the spring game. And, you know, I kind of feel for Kelly Bryant. He only led his team Clemson to the National Football the, – the, the, I'm sorry, the College Football Playoff last year. Fell short against – came up short against Alabama. And it's not like he stuck up the joint. He just doesn't take as many chances as they, as they would with Trevor Lawrence because Lawrence can throw it deep and can throw it accurately. And even though, you know, Kelly Bryant, I must say, he, he did recently cross Alpha. So I have a rooting interest there. You know, a five, oh six, but nevertheless, I, I think it's gonna be. A, I mean, I think Clemson has a good problem on their hands. Good problem being they both have two very good to outstanding quarterbacks, potential outstanding quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. So we we'll see how that plays out. And in Florida State, the way that Willie Taggart has brought in—I can't believe Willie Taggart's still coaching Florida State, but that's a cool thing. But Willie Taggart <laughs> bringing back. The legends of Florida State bring him back, which I thought was what was was the coolest thing. Bobby Bowden, welcome back to the mm. program where Jim Fisher pretty much a, you know he's a same disciple. He pretty much closed everybody off. He's one track mind. He's television guy. But it was cool to see uh, Bobby Bowden back, Coach Bowden back. It was cool to see the legends come back because Willie Tiger, who grew up a big fan of Florida State, he remembers watching mm. this guy. And, you know, he, he – I mean, he's a Florida guy. He's from Bradenton, I think. And, you know, to see – to call – I mean, so when he calls Florida State his dream job, he means it because he actually pulled for Florida State growing up. 
Um, so to see, he knows about the legends. So to see those legends back, and also to see James Blackman in that in that fast break offense that he's bringing from South Florida, like a, bringing from Oregon by way of South Florida. James Blackman, I mean, he, he, I mean, the thing is, he took a lot of lumps last year, but he's a tough kid. He still yeah. put on some muscle. He's skinnier than a toothpick. But, I mean, the thing is, he's still, he, like, you know, he's a boy. He has a lot of heart. And I think with DeAndre Francois, with this weed situation and, and whatnot, hovering around his head, I wouldn't be too surprised if James Blackman takes that job from him. And I think they got another quarterback that he's just recruited that's going to be really – that they're hyped up about. He's a, I think a four-star quarterback. I think it is a freshman. So mm. it's not. I mean, it's going to be a tight quarterback room for DeAndre Francois. But I like what Tua Tiger is doing. I like the swag that he's bringing to Florida State. I like the fact that Florida State still recruits at a high level, and it still got that deep those those defenders. It still got Cam Akers running the rock. Mm. It still got if they, if they get the offensive line to play better. They're going to be a team to watch this season in the ACC. Yeah, and that was their problem last year was the fact that the O-line didn't yeah. play up to snuff. But at the same time, you know, it, it, that's kind of hard to say, especially when game one is against Alabama. But um, right. if, if they can go ahead and, and turn it around and they end up getting the quarterback that they prefer in that situation, mm-hmm. my question to you would be, if they're unseated, both QBs at Clemson and at Florida State, do you see them staying? Matter of fact, not just those two, but Jalen Hearn as well. Do you see them staying at their respective institutions after the end of this coming season? Especially That's if they don't start this year. That's a good question because both those young Lions and in, in Clemson and Florida State and Trevor Lawrence and James Blackman respectively they're hungry, especially James mm-hmm. Blackman. James Blackman looks like he's a natural fit for the attack system. Um, and, and Trevor Lawrence, he gives he comes to that deep ball that Kelly Bryant didn't do exactly a lot as much as they want because Kelly Bryant plays it very safe. But I see, I, you know, just because of this crap that's hovering around DeAndre Francois right now, I think I see I can see Kelly Bryant making a move, even though he's very loyal to Dabble. You know, he like Dabo gave Coach Dabo Sweeney. He gave him a chance to succeed. I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard enough to succeed a man, but it's even harder if that man is Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come off a national championship, you have to follow that act. That's not yeah. fair at all. That's not fair at all. That's just cruel. But and they had to do it as a freshman. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and 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 Kelly Bryant handled that so well, as well as he possibly could. Um, but I, I, but I, part of me thinks he's loyal to Dabble, so I think he'll probably stay. But to me, he would have the most options if he decided to make a move. I, mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't be surprised if DeAndre Francois splits town if he loses out to James Blackman. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think Tiger and Company would stop him. I think they would let him go. Um, and actually, as a matter of fact, I, I, they'd probably figure out a way to get him off the not be able to move on from him because of the stuff surrounding him right now. And, you know, he's, he was accused of beating up his girlfriend as well. So there's mm. that. So, you know, yeah, I know. But I would say this, though. It's going to be 
we didn't get to the conferences again because we're ACC guys. But the thing is that right now, I think, and, and Miami has a lot going on right now too. I think it's pretty much Florida in no particular order. Clemson, Florida State, and Miami are the three top dogs right now in the ACC. And, you know, Mark Rick, you know, they, he has that program on the upswing. He's, that's his alma mater. He's similar to Willie Tigers bringing the, the old heads back uh, to campus, and that's 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 creating a great atmosphere there. And you know, you gotta love what's going on in Virginia Tech as well. Um, but to me, it's a three team. The ACC is a three team conference right now, and you know, depending how uh, the how, how Josh Jackson does at, at, at Virginia Tech, how he takes the step in, in year two under. Um, under uh, uh, Justin Fuente, the head coach of, of, of Virginia Tech, if he makes that step, it's going to be a four-team race, four-team conference. But for right now, in my opinion, it's Clemson, Florida State, and Miami. We're going to out in the ACC right now. Excuse me, sorry about that, Scott. I completely agree. No, it's okay. Um, I, 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 I wish – I had an opportunity to watch a little bit more ACC spring ball. I've been um, inundated with what's going on with the MEAC especially um, and peeking yes. a little bit with what's going on with the SWAT. Um, had an opportunity to watch a little bit of A&T spring ball. The thing is, they with, with, with Cartwright, who was the leading rusher last year, with him being yes, and playing as well as he did and was turned out to be the Celebration Bowl MVP, they have another running back that they're bringing in that looked dynamic in this free game. So they're going to be tough to stop in their ground game as well as the receiver, Elijah Bell, who was all MEAC last year, six foot four receiver, that I think if he continues to play the way he's been playing his, his first two seasons, may be an NFL prospect coming senior year. The one thing, and I'm mad I didn't get a chance to go up the, up the street to Howard to see uh, Kayla Newton in his uh, first ever spring game, um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm expecting that team to, to to actually still be competitive in the MEAC as well. But the one thing, and I'm gonna say this real quick, uh, that that's of note of what's going on in the SWAC is what's been going on at yep. Alcorn State in terms of their coaching staff. They have mm-hmm. what I like to call, I, I guess, Rich Rod Juniors coming out there mm-hmm. to say. With them, and I say that because it's two guys that played under Rich Rod while he was at West Virginia, and that would be his mm. star center. God, I can't pronounce his last name. But the guy that was all, excuse me, Big East at, at West Virginia at center, he is now the offensive coordinator, and he was capable of tempting your boy, what's the quarterback that used to play at uh, West Virginia, the black QB, uh, under Rich Rod? Yeah. Ted White. I know Ted White. I'm sorry. Pat, Pat White. Pat White. Pat White, right. Pat White is yeah. now the QB coach out at Alcorn State. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. So they're bringing that influence of Rich Rod um, uh, to go along with Fred McNair and his coaching style out there to Alcorn, Mississippi, to, to, to help get Alcorn back on top of uh, the SWAC and, and compete against Grambling. So 
it's going to be a very interesting year in both of those conferences to see, one, if both of the, 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 the teams that went to Celebration Bowl, if they'll end up getting unseated, and if those teams that are on their trail, like Howard, oddly enough, and like Alcorn, mm-hmm. will be the ones to do so. So it'll be a very interesting year in HBCU football. Nice, man. We're going to talk about that next uh, next week when we continue our spring uh, football talk to, as well as in the playoffs. Man. So it's the time to be alive. It's time to be alive. So we'll do it next week. Hey, man, thanks a lot, man. This was fun. As always, let's do it again next week, brother. Always. Thanks for having me. All right. Peace out. Please, yeah. please be sure to check out the Wayne Nash on his, uh, on his Blog Talk Radio show, Sleazy Radio here on Blog Talk Radio, as well as Sports Blog, the Yard Slash HBCU Sports, the rest about all things HBCU Sports. And basically, thank you all for tuning in to the Clown Hour. I'm Scott Burks. Please check me out on Twitter at ScottyB underscore 1906. Until next time, until next week, have a good night. Oh, six. Peace.